Welcome to How to Live Podcast with Dr. Chip Dodd, a series to help us see who we are made to be so we can do what we are made to do. Hello, this is Dr. Chip Dodd. Welcome back to the How to Live Podcast Uncut. We are continuing the Keeping Heart four-part series. This is episode number three. Today, we are going to be continuing with the focus on that that which binds us together is how we're created. And by rediscovering how we're created, we can get back to doing more together than we can do apart. This is about healing divide, reconciliation with ourselves, others, and God. We have to get back to how we're created so that we can rediscover what binds us together. We are created to find fulfillment through relationship with ourselves, others, and God, using our heads to get back to the language of the heart, using the language of the heart to communicate into the hearts of others who are willing and hungry to be in deep social connection and attachment, and then us binding together to do more than we can do apart. Beginning today, I want to talk about, I'm going to talk about uh, integrity. I'm going to talk about growth fulfillment, and love's demand, which will be some of the sections uh, that we'll, we'll look at today. And um, in terms of integrity, starting with integrity as a natural outgrowth of being responsible. Integrity is a natural outgrowth of being responsible to how we're created. Uh, the last episode talked about responsible, being able to face what you feel and speak it, being able to tell the truth about what you feel in terms of the the essential feelings, and then being able to allow your behavior to be congruent with the feelings and the truth is what creates a thing called integration. And integration is where we get the word integrity. In other words, that which attends, excuse me, that which attracts others and also protects us from others' seductions and manipulations. Let me repeat that. Becoming integrated, which means being able to face and feel the essential feelings, being able to tell the truth about what's happening inside of us, and also keeping our behaviors consistent with what we face and the truth of what we feel is is what's called congruence. And congruence gives us a thing called integration. And being integrated allows you to live with integrity. And then integrity is what attracts others to us who are looking for people who are authentic and true, who have boundaries, who desire others' good as they desire good for themselves. Integrity draws others to us and also protects us because we're listening to ourselves and paying attention to their behaviors. It also protects us from seductions and manipulations of others. Integrity is the consistent alignment of word and deed. When a person lives congruently, integrated, they have the opportunity to become credible and trustworthy. A person of integrity is someone who can be trusted to be truthful. Integrity does not mean that a person is an open book all of the time. They have boundaries. But at the same time, integrity is not concerned with perfection or always making the correct decision. Rather, living with integrity involves choosing a direction that you can actually live towards that your heart is focused on, 
your face is focused on, and your thoughts are related to how to get to this place. A person who lives with integrity has spent a great deal of time practicing responsibility. In other words, how they were created, they're allowed to grow up in or or come back to a place of growing up in, and they're able to feel their feelings, tell the truth, offer themselves to the process, give themselves to God. God owns the process. They're able to uh, ask, seek, and knock so that they can get answers to how to live, find ways to do it, and receive the sustenance that allows us to grow up. A person who lives with integrity then, to restate, has practiced responsibility as a way to walk the path of living. While living with the focus of responsibility, they have become responsible in the truest sense. They tend to be trusted, relied upon, and cared about openly. What can limit the development of integrity is that most of us are taught that responsibility means something other than keeping and growing the responsibility of the heart. So often the the internal voice of the heart is silenced so that a person appears responsible in its common and tragic use of the word. In other words, they're doing what's told or they're doing what's expected rather than being true to who they're created to be. When responsible means that a person denies their internal experience, they become an actor for others' approval to be thought of as dependable or valuable, and they spend their days in holding up a front. This person, sadly, may be following a belief of integrity that is actually incongruity. The heart must not be missed as the beginning point of integrity. So integrity allows us to stay in the growth process. We are designed to be able to learn how to live and grow as emotional and spiritual creatures. We are even designed to be able to do so in a place that requires great struggle and is often tragic. Growth occurs from the inside out by developing our ability to live in relationship with self, others, and God in a congruent way. As I have said, we are born with our hearts searching for emotional and spiritual fulfillment. At birth, however, we are unaware that searching for fulfillment with our hearts is a vulnerable state in which great harm can and does occur through vulnerability. Once we discover that vulnerability of heart is one of the birthplaces of great pain, we tend to do what we can do to avoid vulnerability, even though we're created for vulnerability, because vulnerability allows us to have attachment or connection, and connection allows us to develop security. Security allows us to to develop emotional resilience that begins through emotional vulnerability. Even so, for good reason, we become conflicted about risking the vulnerability of our hearts with others in God once we've been uh, wounded without help. The picture that we were born with that we had of how life could be is thrown into conflict after we discover how reality differs from our original hopes. Yet in order to continue to grow from the inside out, we we have to learn to risk being vulnerable enough to be hurt again, as this state of vulnerability is also how we find fulfillment and strength on an emotional and spiritual level. Even though vulnerability is so often associated with the negative, we must learn to see that vulnerability is not stupid, It's not weak, it's not wrong, nor is it a condition of birth that ends with so-called maturity. 
a willingness to be vulnerable for the sake of fulfillment actually expresses a courageous willingness to, to even risk being wounded in relationship with the knowledge that being wounded is inevitable, though it's not the last word. The vulnerability exposed by craving full life in relationship is the expression of creation itself pursuing its own fulfillment in us. The human being following God's thoughtfulness and goodness. We do not need to change how we are born. We must grow into who we are born to become, vulnerable creatures of heart who are created through integrity to develop emotional resilience and allow us to share our hearts and and also affect and lead others who have suffered the same as we have. But if we are fully to, to participate in life, we must, as I say, grow into who we are born to become, which starts out always with vulnerable creatures of heart. Humans are created to experience fulfillment in relationship. We're created to care and to be cared about. We're created to be cared about and through that fulfillment care. It is important to note that fulfillment is not a place that we can finally reach on this earth. It's not a project that we can simply complete and then remain fulfilled forever. Rather, fulfillment is a state that we are created to search for without ever being able to completely attain it during this life. Just as we eat, we'll be hungry again. Just as we drink, we'll be thirsty again. We, we, we have to continue to seek food, eat it, and seek drink, drink it for continuing um, uh, series of fulfillment. Just as after a delicious meal, like I was saying, we soon become hungry again, Relational fulfillment is a food that we need to feel feed on continuously. Relational fulfillment, then, obviously is not a place we reach in which we will never have to need, struggle, or have tears again. Being created for fulfillment, quite paradoxically, calls us to pursue a life that we can never have completely in this world. Nevertheless, the heart calls us to pursue it. Simply, we are created to seek fullness in relationship with ourselves, others, and God while living in a place of limitation. Relational connection, bonding, and expression are the foods of growth and fulfillment for human beings. These foods feed our pre-design as emotional and spiritual creatures for, who are created for relationship. Being nurtured with relational connection sets us free to celebrate life's great treasures, and it keeps us alive during seasons of tremendous heartache. So repeat again, relational connection is the strength that gives us fulfillment, that allows us to tolerate living fully in a place that will never completely fulfill. Without the love and care of others, we would not be able to bear our grief, nor would we be able to, nor would we be able to have our joy. Because as, as both are meant to be experienced and shared in relationship with others and God. We hope that you are benefiting from this podcast. If you are interested in more material from Dr. Dodd, please go to chipdodd.com or Sage Hill Podcasts. Thank you for listening. We now return to the rest of the podcast.
So we are created to be able to say a full-hearted yes to life, even on life's terms. But to do so requires that we risk a courageous, vulnerable participation in life. We have to develop the willingness to live in an open-hearted way, trusting that vulnerability is the key to fulfillment and not only a form of getting harmed. We are prepared to pursue life to its fullest when we can live well, even when our affirmation of life ends in pain sometimes. An ability to say yes to life with the awareness that it can, so to speak, be damaged by loss or other pains is a tremendous example of living in the process. We, we leave the process when we develop compulsive actions or oriented around demanding that our yes to life be affirmed by life itself. When we do this, we have left life on life's terms behind for our own vision of how life should work instead of finding a yes in the midst of how life does work. In other words, to be able to live the courageous and fulfilled which require life, which requires vulnerability, it means developing a high tolerance for being able to process pain while we go about seeking the connective joy. Fulfillment is always linked to surrendering to the process of life on life's terms while living in full-hearted participation and a willingness even to be hurt. Which brings us to love's demand. To love requires that we be willing to experience pain, whether we love our spouses, our children, our friends, or God. With love comes the paradoxical struggle of perseverance and powerlessness. In love, we experience the hunger, desire, wish, yearning, longing, hoping of love's capacity to persevere. We also experience the inability to to control others in this life and life itself. Love cannot be lived well if it is a force that would control others. To live this paradox requires courage, that we ache deeply for that which we're made to have, and yet we don't have control over the one who we hunger to give it to and receive it from. To live this paradox, as I say, requires great courage, giving one's heart away that may not be received or may may end up entailing great loss. But avoiding love's demand, though, requires that we hide our hearts and therefore remove ourselves from living in this life. We must place who we truly are in a place of isolation to run from love. And we end up being removed from the light of living. We end up being removed from being known from the inside out. And the misery of isolation will make a person invulnerable to the ache of care. They will be impenetrable to the offer of mercy. They will be hardened against the tears of joy. Love demands the willingness to be vulnerable and to even suffer its inevitabilities. It does mean wounds and it does mean powerlessness and it also does mean joy. What love costs is always less than the price of not facing its demand but the heart ends up being strengthened through this very thing that can also hurt us. Love doesn't work like lust. Love can tolerate and even thrive during discomfort. We are born craving that which 
uh, becomes love through good enough relational care. So we are born craving that which we're made to have. However, through a number of ways, we develop contempt of the heart's own craving or the heart's own neediness. This contempt so often drives us to, to distance ourselves from living, living in the craving to be loved and to love. So we end up settling for lust instead. Lust exposes an impaired attempt to get legitimate needs met through illegitimate means. In other words, lust is an attempt to escape the realities of vulnerability. It's, it, it's recognizing needs, but denying the process that we need to walk through or have to walk through to have the needs met. It's having needs, attempting to get them met without the, exposing the vulnerability of asking, seeking, and knocking. It, it, it lust is an attempt to escape the realities of vulnerability then. Mature love requires that we develop a willingness to live in pain for something or someone that is greater than pain. Without help to persevere in heart amidst the pain of living, we attempt to resign from the way the heart works. We resign from vulnerability. We resign from neediness. We resign from powerlessness and the strengths that are gained when we end up exposing those things to others who can do the same. We find that we are together through the things we call weakness. We together are more than we'll ever be apart for those who are capable of having the courage to do the same thing. Love requires great strength of heart, and therefore the heart is what requires a preponderance of attention from loved ones in God. The risk of love requires us to give all of our hearts to someone or something without having control of the results. But it holds true over and over and over again, no matter how much we deny and dissociate from it, that as a person actually thinks in their heart, as we use our brains to identify what's happening in our hearts, so is the actual person. That's an ancient proverb that so as a person literally thinks in their heart, is aware of the conversation, so is the truth of the person. The heart itself communicates the feelings, needs, longings, desire, and hope of the experience of being human. Then the thought processes communicate the heart uh, in ideas, imagination, dreams, yearnings, feelings, desire, longings, hopes, the experience of thinking, planning, and taking action in responsibility. Facing the, the face and body are created to present the credible outward expression of the inward disposition. In expressing our inner disposition, we create a potential for a relational identification with another person or God. The process of living who we are made to be makes us available in sincere ways to relational connection and fulfillment of many different kinds. So living from the inside outwards means that when we bring the truth of who we are into the process of living with others in God, we end up, yes, experiencing many rejections of those who are running from themselves. But, and even more, we receive the connection and contentment and security and all the gifts that can come with the presence of our hearts meeting the presence of God and others. And, and in so many ways, that happens in our daily lives in the present as we live in the present. 
And someone has often has said, it's called the present is because it's a gift. And we can experience that gift when we show up from the inside out with others, which means, again, bringing the truth of your heart through the voice that your brain can be used to communicate into others that you hope to, to have the same with. Again, as we close, we are together more than we'll ever be apart. And just doing things together doesn't bond us, but being truthful about ourselves while we do things together creates a bond that that many people will return to in loyalty and confidence with integrity so that we can end up building, sharing, and giving that which we won't have without it. So as we close today, uh, thank you for uh, listening. Thank you for being here on this podcast. Episode four will be um, next time. So thank you and God bless. Bye-bye.